Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I don't know how your weekend has been going so far, but mine started off pretty good because I got to eat. And uh, some of you think, well, that's a pretty normal thing to do. I know, you're right. But actually, this week, uh, as a church, we were fasting. And if you're new to church and you don't know what fasting is, well, it's pretty simple. You, you don't eat. And so that's as simple as it gets. But, you know, if we just left it there, if we were just to not eat, um, that would be a, a pretty crazy thing to do. So we don't just stop eating because that would be like a dumb diet. It's, it's more like we, we, we stop eating, but we replace that time with prayer and 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 we you know get close to God and we spend time with God and we we listen to him and it might shock you this morning to discover that the God that we serve he's not far and he's not distant he is closer like I say than hands and feet and he wants to speak to people and I just really believe that if we make the room if we make the time then he will speak to us and so we've been doing that this week and I don't know if you guys were able to come to encounter nights just like a prayer and worship night that we have on on Wednesday but I could tell you the presence of God was in that place and you know over this week I I mean honestly I I I would have been blown away at the amount of testimonies and stories that have just come in this week. Like, I'm not, I'm not even joking. I'm not kidding. The, I, I've spoke to multiple people this week who have been waiting. There's not one story. This is multiple stories of people who have been waiting for over 20 years for God to do something, to break through in specific areas of, of their life. And this week, as they began to pray and fast, he moved and he answered and in ways that would be impossible. I mean, these are things that are impossible to happen outside of a move of God. Something about 20. I don't know. It's just like multiple people saying, I've been waiting over 20 years for this. And God just came and, and mo- moved and he spoke. And I, I heard people that have been looking for houses. They've been looking for months. Guess what happened this week? They got a house. And um, these stories are so good, right? And... You know, they're like, this is the highlight reel. You know, this is, this is what we'll tell you. We'll tell you the, the, the good stuff that happens. You fast, boom, it just happens. But, you know, to be honest, a lot of those things that I told you about, they, they had a big buildup to that breakthrough moment, right? And uh, I wish that everything, when it comes to Christianity and the things of God and the things of the Spirit, I wish that everything was just instant. Do I hear an amen? amen. Come on. Let's get real for just a moment this morning at Bright Church. Like, I want it to be instant. Like, is there anybody that likes waiting? Is there anyone that likes waiting? No. Don't ever pray for patience. Ever. You pray for patience, pray for wisdom first, and then see if you still pray that prayer. Because I swear to God, He will give you an opportunity to show patience. You'll say, what is happening? Right? He's answering your prayer. So, he's, so you know, don't pray for patience, but I, I, I want it to be instant. I like microwaves. I, I do own a slow cooker, but it's a little annoying. I want it to be instant. We live in a culture that wants things to be instant. We want it now. We want it, you know, like, you know, uh, buy now, pay later. Yeah? Yeah, we love it. Just do I, do I really have to save? Can't I just have it now? Oh, you betcha. Watch out for the interest. But, you know, yeah, you can have it now. And we, we, we just can't wait. We can't wait. It's interesting because God, I think, He's the opposite. 
isn't he? How often does God say, well, how about you do this? Sow a seed and then wait and then I'll grow it and I'll develop it. He's just the opposite of that. And in that little space between when we sow and when we reap, in the waiting, that that horrible place, in, in the waiting, it requires great faith. To, to wait that out and, and not to give up when you're nearly there or halfway through. And the reality is we don't even know when we're nearly there. But I tell you something, we want to wait for God to answer our prayers. Don't ever, this might be a word for someone this morning. Don't ever try to manufacture your own miracle. Don't jump ahead of time and try to orchestrate in your own strength what only God can deliver to you. It just doesn't come as good as it could be if you just waited on, on God. You know, and if you wait on God, there's this principle that we see it over and over in the Bible. It's this principle of sowing and reaping. And one of the things that I've discovered is that when you wait for God to, to produce that harvest in your life, it comes in greater and, and bigger and more than you could ever deliver on your own. There's an overflow, there's an abundance. And trust me, this is not just one time in the Bible. I could show you this principle over and over and over again. In fact, our theme for this year is overflow. It's really born out of that principle, the principle of sowing and reaping. It's a pretty straightforward principle, sowing and reaping. And, and when, we, when we sow and we wait and God blesses us, we get in abundance back. So the best thing for us to do is not to try to run ahead of Him, but just to wait on Him. I've learned that we can sow many things in life. We can sow words. We can sow thoughts. We can sow actions. We can sow behaviors. And then God brings in, in the harvest. Now, I want to read a scripture to you today. And this comes out of James chapter 5, verse 7. It begins. Are you ready for this? Be patient. Well, that's just horrible, isn't it? Be patient. It's a command. It's a command to wait. I don't like how this is starting out. See, when we see the word be patient, I don't know about you, but don't you just immediately contextualize this for your own circumstances? Yeah, I guess I do have to wait. But the people that James was writing to, and I should say, I do believe this still applies to us. It's scripture for us to read and apply to ourselves. Absolutely. But the people that he was writing this to, and you can read that at the beginning of the book of James, is called the dispersion. And he's writing to Jewish Christians who have less rights than slaves. They're rejected by everyone. No, nobody liked these people. And so they're in a season of life right now where they are being persecuted and they're suffering. It's a little bit worse than what some of us might be going through. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until, oh, and I love this part, the coming of the Lord. Well, if you're a little bit theologically astute, you would know He hasn't come yet. So, I guess they died waiting for some justice. And I don't know if that challenges you, but there are times when God wants us to act, absolutely. And there are times when we just need to wait. It's wisdom to know the difference between when to push forwards and when to wait on God. 
This scripture, as I read it to you, it means to wait until God acts on your behalf. So don't react to your situations automatically. Sometimes go to God first and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so James is wanting to really illustrate this to them so that they can fully understand that he gives them this little illustration. He says, see how the farmer translated it means gardener or cultivator. You got to be careful what you cultivate in life. We're all gardeners of some degree. We all cultivate something. We cultivate thoughts. We can cultivate behaviors. We cultivate. He says, see how the farmer, the cultivator, waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the late rains. The early rain would cause the grain to sprout forth. But don't harvest that thing just yet because there's more to come. And if you're patient and you wait for the late rain, it turns that little sprout into a proper harvest that will produce not only the season that you're in, but the season that is to come. You get a much better harvest if you could just wait for the late rains. So it goes on to say in verse 8, You also be patient. And here's the key for how to do that. If you ever wanted to know, Establish your hearts. Hmm. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I often say this if you were to come to growth track. It's always an interesting question to ask people. Have you ever just gone to a party and showed up there and not known anyone? You ever had that experience? You go to a party and you walk in, you look around the room, you don't know anyone. What do you do, right? How do you manage that? Or you don't just stand there and look around at everybody because no one will come. You look a bit weird, actually, don't you? You're just looking around and, you know, what do you do? Well, immediately you're very aware that you're standing by yourself. You don't know anyone. You're awkward. So... What is our place of comfort? Where's my phone? It's got to be here somewhere. Thank God for this. Open it up. What am I doing? I'm staying busy. I'm actually looking around the room, but I'm just trying to stay busy. Yeah, I've got lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Facebook, Facebook. You know, you're using it to, to, to get comfortable. You've refreshed that feed. There's nothing new. You're not looking at it, but you need to be doing something so you don't feel so awkward. You're filling the, the gap of waiting with trying to look busy. You're filling the gap of waiting with you're trying to look like something's going on. Maybe you don't use Facebook. Like all the people above 40 are like, yeah, right. No. Maybe you use Snapchat, I don't know, TikTok, whatever it is. I, and, and some of you, like there are people sitting in the room today saying, no idea what you're talking about, right? Like my dad, he, he would never do this, okay? Doesn't care about Facebook, doesn't care about social media, right? We all have ways that we fill in that awkward space. And this is not about you, dad, this next part, right? But some people would just go straight to get a drink, right? Now, the drink can be, use your own imagination, fill it with whatever you need to feel comfortable in the room, okay? But people will go and they, they fill in the gap of awkwardness. You, you get the point that I'm making, right? People are always trying to fill that gap with something. Here's my question to you today. How do you fill the gap while you wait? It's the title of my message today, by the way, while you wait. How do you fill the gap while you wait? I remember when 
I was 21 years old, rededicated my life to Jesus. And I went into a church, walked in. That was another one of those experiences where, you know, you walk into a room and you don't know anyone. Normally, I mean, at least here, you know, I keep preaching if somebody walks in. But on that day, everyone just stopped and looked at me. Talk about feeling awkward. I haven't been in a church in 10 years. The whole church just stops and thinks like, what are you doing here? I didn't know what I was doing there. But uh, I, I walked in and there I was. And I had this encounter with God that day. Changed my life. Gave my life to Jesus. That was instant. Praise God. That was the microwave version. Happened straight away. See, that's how that works, right? When it comes to the gospel... You give your life to Jesus and instantly you're in a relationship with Jesus. Instantly, God removes your sins as far as the east is from the west, right? And, and it does, I mean, at least if you think about it, for you, it feels instant, right? Except it's, it's not really instant, is it? No, because it took Jesus 33 years to prepare that for you. Yeah, that's how that thing works. You get it in an instant, but what did he do? Well, he spent 33 years cultivating the perfect life and then dying on the cross and paying the penalty for something he never did. And he did it all so that at some point in the future, you could come to God and say, I've made a mistake with my life. And when someone wants to give their life to Jesus, we often say this, right? That you give your heart to Him. You give your life to Him. And this is the best part about the gospel is that when you give your life to Him, guess what He does? He gives His life to you. The perfect record that He prepared for 33 years before He died on the cross, He gives it to you. What do we call that? Well, we call it imputed righteousness. And it's something that He delivers to you. It's a gift. You get it in an instant, but it took Him 33 years to cultivate so that you could just have it. I think that that's amazing. But that's the God that we serve. So, you know, He gives it. Oh, by the way, I, was, I always like to add this little part in. Especially if you're new, you don't come to church, you don't know what your experience has been like. But I say that if you're a Christian person, you should never be self-righteous. Ever. Because all of your righteousness comes from someone else like Jesus gave it to you so let's not be self-righteous people and high and pious and how how great am I right we, we just got it it was a gift we're, we're saved by grace through through we're saved by grace through in Christ we just get it for nothing but he paid everything for it so if you have given your life to Jesus you get it in an instant. You get salvation in an instant. That's how that works. But after that, I've learned that there's a lot of waiting. <laughs> yeah, a lot of waiting. It's like salvation, it happens in a moment. But then... You start to wait for things. You pray and you don't always get it in an instant. And you sow seeds of faith in your prayer time, but it doesn't always happen. Come on. I know that there are plenty of people in here today that are waiting for something, some kind of shift. We could go around the room today and we won't and don't volunteer and you don't need to put up your hand. But I wonder how many people even in this room today are waiting for some kind of breakthrough 
in the area of their finances. You're praying and it's not there yet. It's not instant. It didn't happen straight away. Okay. Well, I wonder how many people are waiting on a, a health-related thing. You're waiting for health to break through. And you've been praying for a while, but it's not there yet. Where are you? Well, you're in the gap. You're between the sowing and the reaping because the space between the sowing and reaping is a really important issue to address because that's where people start to get disappointed and disillusioned. And don't underestimate the power of discouragement. Takes people out, destroys people's faith. You know, pastors quit. Do you know, this is true. Being a pastor is one of the jobs with the highest rate of turnover, especially during COVID and after COVID. The stats are starting to roll in now. Disappointment, disillusionment. And everyone faces the gap, but how do we face it? What do you do while you're waiting? There are so many people that are waiting on God to answer a prayer. There might be people even in this room today, you say, well, I'm not waiting on those things. Yeah, but you might be waiting on a relationship to be restored. You might be waiting on, if you're, if you're a parent, you might have kids in their, you know, or children, I should say, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and you're just waiting for them to give their life to Jesus. You, you, you brought them up, right? You, you taught them, you, you told them, but at some point, they just walked away. Life happened. Circumstances shifted their perspective, and you know they know in their hearts, but they still haven't come home to Jesus yet. Come on now. This room's very quiet today. Maybe I'm just speaking a lot of truth and it's hitting home today. Just every now and then, give me a little something so I know that the mic is on, all right? Come on, I know there's people in here waiting today. I'm going to get up and talk about fasting and instant breakthrough when I know that there are people that are still waiting on things. You're waiting for a job. Breakthrough. God, I, I can't do this any longer. I'm asking for breakthrough. Here's my question. What will you sow while you wait? What do you sow while you wait? One of the things I said is because the principle of sowing and reaping is so consistent, one of the things we can do is we could reverse engineer it. Okay, so, so just, all right, let's begin with the harvest. What do we want? We want breakthrough. When do we want it? No. That's <laughs> oh, true though, isn't it? <laughs> what do we want? We want breakthrough. All right, so here's the question to ask. What do I have to sow in order to reap that harvest? And that's a good question to think about. And I told you, this is a kingdom principle that is etched first spiritually and physically. This is so grounded, both spiritually and physically, this principle. So how do I get it? Well, remember that James said, the key is your heart. That's the key. And it's really important to be aware of your heart between the sowing and the reaping, because I've learned that your heart, while waiting, will start to sow things without your permission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Should we explore that just a little bit? God, why? Why me? It isn't fair. (laughs) 
I thought about taking that further, but I want you to stick around for the end of the message. I'm going somewhere, okay? Going somewhere today. What about me? It's not fair. Come on, I've taught this. This isn't fair. I'm a pastor. If you give me a great testimony, I would tell everyone all about it. Don't you know this would inspire their faith? God. Don't look at me with your judging eyes. You've taught this. You just did it and contextualized it for yourself, right? Why me, God? Well, how about this one? Where are you? Because I feel like since I've been going through this, it's brass heavens. I mean, the prayer's going up, bing, they're coming straight back down. Am I, come on, is this even breaking through? Can I get through to you today? Give me a word. Give me something, some sense that you're even listening. Why me? It isn't fair. Where are you? What are you doing, God? There's another seed that your heart will sow. Man, our, our hearts, they just sow these seeds. And, and we've all gone through it. I'm projecting a little bit, but I'm just assuming that we've all gone through it. We've had that moment. And I, I want to tell you something. That if you are having that moment, even now today, and you've been coming before God and you're saying, God, why? It's not fair. What about my situation? Let me know. Answer, breakthrough, right? I want you to know if you've cried out to God and said that, He is loving you all the way through it. Because I'm going to tell you about being faithful in a minute, but just so you know, if that's what you're going through, He, he loves you right in the middle of that. I'd like to remind you, of our Saviour Jesus, who as He hung on the cross said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of course, we know what was happening there, that all the, the sin of the world was on Him and God was pouring out His wrath on Him and the, the, the Father turned His back on the Son. And we understand that moment now, of course, looking back. But it's interesting that even our, even our Saviour, who understood what was going to happen, why do you think He was sweating drops of blood before they even arrested him. He knew. And even though he knew, in the middle of pain, he cried out to God, why? We've all done it. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't let pain become your position. Don't let that become your position. I'm going to speak out of this place. I speak from a position of pain. Everything that happens in my life, I look at it through the lens of my personal pain. I'm going to live in this moment. I'm going to camp right here. Don't let that become your position. You know why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's bad seed. It's bad seed. And if you understand the principle of sowing and reaping, if you sow bad seed, you produce a bad harvest. So this, this makes sense to me. I can't sow doubts and reap breakthrough. So what is God going to respond to? Well, He responds to faith. Let me read to you out of James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. 
If any of you lack wisdom and all of God's people said, okay, it's a little test for everyone in here, right? The people that didn't say amen, that's your first sign. (laughs) Yes. So you should have said it. We have people around the room looking to see who didn't say amen. We'll approach you after the service. No, we won't. We're not going to do that. If any of you lacks wisdom, and we all need it, let him ask God who gives. Now look at the portion that he delivers. Do you notice this? Okay, so what are we sowing? I'm sowing a seed of faith in my prayer request, and I'm going to reap something generously. Look at the measure. Who gives generously to all. That's everyone. It's quite exhaustive. And without reproach. In other words, God's not going to scold you for not knowing how to handle your trial. Because don't you, don't you think this is real? It's like when you give your life to Jesus, right? You're like, oh, I just need to learn everything. And you grow at a rapid rate. But after you've been hanging around for a little while and you think, hey, I've really grown and developed, you start to just think, shouldn't I know how to do this? God must be so disappointed in me. Well, this scripture would tell you the exact opposite of that. It goes to say, no, no, no. He expects you, if you're in that waiting season, he expects you to ask. It goes on to say, and it will be given to him. What would we call that? A promise. But here's the qualification. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Two seeds will produce two types of harvest in your life. Seed of faith and the seed of doubts. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Now, what will that person get? Well, James is going to tell us. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I don't know when the last time was that you caught public transport. It's been a long time for me too. But you would know this if you ever had to do it. When you're waiting on the platform, there's these signs everywhere. Sometimes they're even on the side of the train as it pulls up. And before you get on, it says, mind the gap. Mind the gap. Right? Just watch out for it. Because if you don't, if you're not aware that there's a gap there, you might just step into it. And what you need to do to, to make your transition, to get where you need to go, is you need to take a full step forward. But suppose you were unwise and you just took half a step and stopped, what would happen to you? You fall into the gap. I've got this feeling that God wants to take people places all the time. All the time, he's got a plan for your life. If you want to get on the train, fine, but you probably are going to need to make a transition at some point. And if you don't mind the gap, you might just fall into it. So what would I say? Well, don't stop halfway, just keep walking. Just keep going. Because if you stop, you're going to fall. If you stop, you're not going to get onto the train and you might never know where God wanted to take you. You know, a couple of years ago, 2019, I remember I I wasn't feeling quite well. I went to the doctor. I've shared this story a number of times, but this is my greatest experience in this area. 
And so the doctor said, look, we think you might have, we, we might have a diagnosis for you and it's pretty serious. And I said, okay. I said, well, what do we need to do? He said, well, you need to get a blood test. And when that comes back, we'll look at what your blood work says and we'll be able to tell you. I said, okay. So, and I'm not a big fan of needles, but boy, did I get over that in this season. So here I am and they take my blood and they, the results come in. So doctor calls me back. I walk in and I'm trusting God, but you know, you want to get a good result. And I don't know what he's going to say. Because, you know, that's the thing. Sometimes you're like, is this the testimony where it never happens or it does happen? And then I get through it. Which one is it? Mm, don't know. <laughs> God, you can lead me through it all. But I want the microwave anyway. So I go in and he says, well, here are the results. And to be honest, they're not good. I said, oh. He goes, but what we probably need to do is wait for a little bit. Be patient. You're just going to have to wait and we'll do another blood test and then we're going to compare the results. And if your levels have come down, then we'll know that it's headed in the right direction. I said, okay, so now I've got this diagnosis that's a potential thing. Obviously, I'm not getting any treatment for it because, geez, we don't even know if it's going to happen. So we wait the time and I go back in and I get a blood test. After that, what happens? Yeah, more waiting. So I wait results come in and I say, so what do we know? He goes, well, we don't really know anything just yet, but it's not looking great. What do you mean? Didn't you say? Yeah, but they haven't really, your levels haven't come down. So we just need to keep monitoring this. What does that mean? Well, we're going to wait a little bit and then we're going to do another blood test. You're kidding me? Are you serious? Okay, so I could go on, but I'll just tell you this. Okay. I had to wait for nine months so that's like nine months of wondering if you've got this really serious thing or not. And that's a horrible place to be. Yeah. I've learned that in those moments while you're waiting, what's really happening in your heart will come out. You know? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you just got to wait. This is why James says, establish your heart establish it what are we talking about establish your heart what does what does that mean what does that look like it looks like active faith while you're waiting active faith active faith while you're waiting sounds good sounds good well how do we know if it's active oh it's because of the seeds that you sow while you're waiting that's how we know there's something about the seed that you sow, words, thoughts, actions, behaviours. The words that you sow will tell us something about the condition of your faith. Yeah. This, this got a hold of me, this, this whole idea. And I started to look at my life and I looked back over it. And I thought, man, there have been so many times where I have just been stuck or caught and I didn't know what to do. I've gone through challenges just like you have. And I thought, God, you are so faithful in every single one of them. You're so good to me. And I'm so glad 
that he doesn't treat me like I treat him. Because sometimes I get it wrong, but he never does. And he's always there. Good thing about being part of a community of faith is that I don't even have my own stories to go through or to go by, you know. I listen to the stories of other people. And time and time again, I hear about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And I start to look back through history, what God did in this century, what He did in that century. And it starts to, you know, starts to build me. And if I look back all the way through 2,000 years ago, there I see my Saviour dying on a cross for me. I mean, He must love us a lot to come from heaven to earth and pay that kind of price for people that constantly rejected Him and never got it right. It started to build my faith and I started to think about it. And something in my heart began to just say, man, I'm so thankful for the God that I have. And as I began to have all this gratitude begin to well up in me, right? What started to flow out of my mouth? What started to to come out? I started to say things like, man, I don't know what's happening right now, but I sure am glad that you're with me because I could be going through this on my own, but I know what I know what I know. And I know that you're with me and you never forsake me and you never leave me and you're closer than hands and feet. And I'm not guided by my emotions. I'm guided by my faith and I just believe it. And I just trust it. And I was so thankful. You know what, what happened? My position was a position of faith. But my posture was one of praise. My position was faith. My posture was praise. And it started to come out. And I would tell you, like, just a little insight into my prayer life. You know, I get up and, you know, it was right through the winter period. I got a little heater in my room. I turn it on, get in front of it because it's freezing in the morning. Ducted heating hasn't come on yet. I'm in front of it, right? And I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you, God, that you love me. I just praise you. I I just, I don't know about you, but I'm between the sowing and the reaping at this point in my life. And I just want to make sure that I mind the gap, that I cross the bridge, that I I get over it. And in the end, you know what happened? Of course, the results came in and then I really had something to praise. But I I was in the middle, even while I was waiting, I praised. And I tell you, I've mentioned this many times, but I have led the greatest worship sessions you'll never hear in your life. They happen with AirPods in, listening to music by myself. It's the greatest praise sessions that I've had. Honestly, some of the greatest praise sessions that I have have just been by myself and getting before God. It just flows out of me. Flows out of us. When your posture is faith or your, your position is faith, but your posture is praise. God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. What, is, what does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6? And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, praise isn't just the overflow of gratitude. It's also the seed of our breakthrough. It's just, it's not just the overflow of, of our gratitude. It's the seed of our breakthrough. Praise is the seed of our breakthrough. Why? Well, praise is just the evidence that your posture or that your position is faith. That's how we know. How do we know that you've got active faith? The seeds that you sow between the sowing and the reaping. And, and, and if you quit and you give up, you, you might just never know, but start to think about it. Come on, you got something to praise God for today. You got something that's good in your life. Hey, you know, how inconsistent would it be to only hold God accountable for the things that ever go wrong in your life? What about the car that never hit you? Huh. You say, I didn't know about that. Of course you didn't know about it. It never happened. He, he's your hedge of protection that guards you day and night. He's your rear guard. He's the one that looks over you. He counts the hairs on your head. He knows you by name. You're engraved on the palm of His hands. You got something to praise Him for today. What have you got that's going right? What have you got that's going well? I praise you, God. I praise you. I'm sowing seeds of praise in this season, not seeds of doubt. I got some gap that I'm facing, but I'm minding the gap. And in the middle between the sowing and the reaping, I'm going to have a, a position of, of faith and a posture of praise. God, I just worship you. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. He's never against you. He's always for you in every season. Sometimes we just got to change our position. I'm not taking a position of pain. I'm taking a position of faith with a posture of praise. So when seeds for a breakthrough, I believe is coming and in the middle of all of it, man, I'm just going to trust you. So how about I do this? Can I just pray for people today? If you're here, just close your eyes for a minute. You're here today, whether you're here watching online, I believe this prayer that I pray will extend all the way to your home, wherever you are right now. It's big enough to reach every single person in this room. I was going to just pray an all-encompassing prayer for everybody. But I actually really want you to acknowledge this moment. It's just between you and God, but I want you to acknowledge it because it's like you're saying to God, help me right now. Remember he said, you could ask for wisdom. He's not going to scold you. You're meant to ask for it. If you're facing a gap right now, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. It could be anything. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands. So many of us are facing a gap. Health, finance, jobs, relationships. Could be a marriage, whatever it is. Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room and watching online who says right now, I've got a gap that I'm facing. I pray, God, that right now you would meet them in the gap. We know, Lord Jesus that you're not disappointed when we cry out to you because we're in pain. But God, I pray that every single person here today would not take 
the position of pain. That we would shift from where we are and we're going to take a position of faith today. Why? Because we're basing our faith on your record, not ours. You are so good in every season, God. You're so good. And you're good to us right now, even if we're waiting. And I pray, Jesus, that instead of having that position of pain, as we take a position of faith, Lord, that we form a posture of praise. We're going to praise you right now. We're going to praise you today and tomorrow. It's the seeds that we sow. It's these seeds, I believe, that bring breakthrough. We're going to make the transition. We're not going to stop halfway and fall into the gap while we wait. We're, we're waiting to see the harvest come in. We're waiting for the late rain. We're waiting to see the fullness of everything that you can do in our lives. And we trust you while we wait. I pray, God, that the peace that goes past our understanding would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord, fill them with peace today. Fill them with peace today. I pray let praise break out in their hearts. Let praise, let there be an overflow of praise in their mouths in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.